Hello, this is Mike Burek, your host and producer of Kudenitsya, The Well, a podcast series about interesting and notable Ukrainians from around the globe. Today is Tuesday, May 30th, 2023. This episode is produced for The Ukrainian Weekly, a newspaper published in English in the U.S. for the global Ukrainian community since 1933. Our guest for this episode is Pavlo Kovtanyuk, who is a co-founder of the Ukrainian Healthcare Center. And this organization is Kiev-based, and it's a think tank providing consultancy, analytics, and educational services for the Ukrainian health system. Welcome, Pavlo. How are you? Hello, Michael. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us today on Krenitsya. To start off with, we'd like to get a little bit of information about your educational and professional background. Well, uh, I graduated from Kyiv Mohila Academy here in Kyiv uh, in 2008 from the Masters in Healthcare Management. And that was an interesting time when health system in Ukraine uh, probably least needed healthcare management. It was still very Soviet-like and, and, and corrupt and full of vested interest and so on and so forth. So I found myself graduating the Western-style program. I found myself rather positioned to, to change the system rather than to work in the system. So the most of, of my professional life, I, I, I looked for ways to change the system. The most notable period was since 2016 to 2019, when I worked in the Ministry of Health as a deputy minister to Ulyana Suprun, another person who you, who you probably already had on your program. And, uh, and that was a time when actually I participated in quite a large transformation of the health system. And after the ministry, um, I worked for World Health Organization for some time and then came back to Ukraine and founded the, the Ukrainian Healthcare Center. So what exactly is the Ukrainian Healthcare Center? Uh, you mentioned uh, when it was established, but why did you establish it? The Ukrainian Healthcare Center was established by the team of people who worked previously on the transformation on the health system in, in, uh, in different roles. Uh, some people worked in the Ministry of Health, some worked in the uh, other governmental bodies, some worked as a medical doctor, some worked as a, a local authority uh, professionals. And we started the, the, this organization, it's kind of think tank, but non-for-profit. We started it to continue transformation, but by, but by, by different means. So we consult people, we educate people, um, we support uh, people, not only people, but also government in transforming healthcare. So that's that was the, the idea why we started. Uh, but uh, as, as the large-scale invasion began, we also started some different activities, for example, documenting Russian war crimes. But that's, that's another story. So how is the UHC funded? Um, as I said, we are non-for-profit. So um, in, in Ukraine, uh, you can be only 
kind of charity or a business. So um, you cannot be kind of private non-for-profit. So we are, according to Ukrainian law, we are a, a business that is in America, you, you would have it a, a for-profit, right? So we have private clients, for-profit clients, but mostly we work for um, funds of um, either uh, government or uh, local authorities or to a larger extent, international organizations funding government and local authorities paying us for our services to to for this for these actors Pavlo, i understand you also provide a lot of information to western media about the healthcare system in ukraine is that correct yes yes it's correct and is that on a paid basis or an unpaid basis no, mostly unpaid basis because we are interested not not in you know earning money on that but in promoting ukraine and explaining to the world what is happening really, not you know in 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 the world of myths about Ukraine, but uh, in, in in real time. So we we doing that a lot. Let's turn our attention to the Russia-Ukraine war. What has been the impact of it on Ukraine's healthcare system? On one hand, the impact was huge. Um, Russia, as earlier. It did in Chechnya, in Syria, apply the tactics of, as we, we call it, the weaponization of healthcare, of, of all civilian uh, aspects of life. So they didn't distinguish between civilian and military aspects of war. So they destroyed a lot of hospitals. Uh, they killed uh, medical professionals. They destroyed ambulances. And, and that was horrible. A lot of people couldn't get their drugs. A lot of people fled their homes and couldn't get necessary care. A lot of very uh, sick people needed uh, evacuation abroad, including sick children. And that was all horrific. On the other hand, Ukrainian healthcare system showed amazing resilience. It continued to work as a coherent, uh, manageable, system it never collapsed uh, neither in in a part or in as a whole and that is probably uh, the the most the greatest achievement uh, which which we have and which we are proud of and it is both locally at the level of of single hospital a single primary care practice somewhere in Kharkiv oblast and also at the level of government who stayed who worked who kept the system running so that's a big, big thing. So how many attacks have there been on hospitals overall? And is there a plan in place by the government or other organizations to rebuild hospitals that have been destroyed? All in all, um, my organization, uh, working in a coalition of, of organizations documenting war crimes against healthcare, we documented 889 episodes of attacks against healthcare infrastructure that includes all types of healthcare infrastructure. Speaking in hospitals only, it is 333. As of today, 333 attacks. And by attacks, I mean a, a severe attack, which, which uh, caused a, a severe damage. 
Most of those attacks, though, happened in the first two months of war. So in the first two months of war, the density of attacks was as high as four to five hospitals every single day. And that was a horrible, horrible page of this war, unprecedented. Although Russia resorted to attacking hospitals earlier in Syria a lot, in Chechnya quite a lot, but it was unprecedented, this scale of destruction in uh, in Ukraine. Um, speaking of reconstruction, yes, there is a lot of a lot of talks about reconstruction. I would say honestly uh, that I don't see the real plan of reconstruction right now, which would kind of inspire me as a health system professional and as a citizen. Why? Because Ukraine not only needs to rebuild what was destroyed. Let's let's remember that. Even in February 2022, we hadn't had a system we loved to have, right? We fought to reform it. We fought to transform it, including to change the system of hospitals. So I think what Ukraine needs now is a plan to modernize the system, to build back better, much better than it was before. And this plan is is still in, in, in the making. And geographically, where have the majority of these healthcare infrastructure attacks taken place? Is it primarily in the east of Ukraine? Now, uh, as as of today, it's increasingly in the east and south of Ukraine. But in general, the pattern of destruction of healthcare uh, reflects the pattern of uh, Russian military effort. So in 2022, you would see that two main axes of their initial advance, that is Kyiv and Kharkiv, right? Um, and, and you would see that most of attacks on healthcare were in Kyiv region and in Kharkiv region. Whereas later, when they moved and concentrated on Donbass, you would see increasing number in Donbass, right? And then you would see increasing number in, in the south, uh, so now it's more or less even all across the front line, but in general, it reflects the military movements of, of Russian troops. And how have healthcare workers specifically been affected by the war? Many of them were killed, unfortunately. 127 uh, healthcare professionals were killed. Um and when, when I say killed, I mean people were doing their job when they were killed. And also 79 of them were injured during doing that. And what is what is interesting is that most of those cases happened on ambulances. So it was not hospitals being bombed and then and then doctors or and nurses were wounded. Um it was trying to help people on the front line or in the you know, disputed territory when a part of the town, for example, was occupied, another part of the town was not, and, and the ambulance needs to cross the checkpoints you know, to, to get to the patient on the other side. And in those circumstances, most of those doctors and nurses were hurt or killed. Pavlo, has there been healthcare assistance coming from outside the Ukraine 
And to what extent are foreign donors providing healthcare for Ukraine during the war? There is a lot of uh, assistance outside of Ukraine. Let's not forget that this year, actually all public spending of, of Ukrainian state is based on the international aid. So we don't have our own revenues funding our healthcare, education, social spending. Most of Ukrainian money goes for defense. And uh, that that is huge. That is huge. So without Western support, without our allies and friends, we honestly would not be able to run our healthcare system. Also, there were a lot of relief uh, efforts and there were a lot of humanitarian aid. Sometimes there was even an overwhelming amounts of that. And uh, I traveled a lot. I, I visited most of the hospitals which were in, uh, which were uh, damaged or destroyed all across the country. And in, in some places, I found directors of those hospitals joking that they never ever had this amount of supplies or or drugs as now because of humanitarian aid. So the the help to Ukraine was immense, and and that inspired a lot. That inspired a lot and still continues to inspire because we don't see the dramatic drop in, in, in this aid. Yes, we see the reprofiling, we see changing streams, changing priorities, but we don't see abandonment on that. We don't see the, you know, this exhaustion and tiredness because of, because of need to help Ukraine. And that's, that's, that's a big thing, that, that's great. Pavlo, can you give us a specific number on how much money is being spent now on healthcare in Ukraine, coming from international sources. Uh, the overall budget of uh, Ukrainian healthcare is about 200 billion hryvnia, which is uh, about uh, what? Let me calculate. It's about five billion dollars or so. Uh, I'm not very good at math, sorry, but more or less that. And uh, this year, all of this, uh, the, the, the entire budget is funded uh, by the international sources. And that's, that's huge. I think that that will not last long and Ukraine will strive to replace step-by-step step, uh, funding its own social obligations from its own budget. But I think for the next year, most probably this funding will remain in some segments. Uh, probably the most vulnerable segments. That is, for example, provision of drugs, uh, a problematic segment because uh, prices of drugs in Ukraine rose dramatically because of, of change in currency rates and inflation. So I would say in some critical segments that that assistance will remain, but the government will take over uh, more routine things next year, and hopefully in, in the following years, it will take over uh, entirely. Pavlo, unfortunately, we're just about out of time, but I have one final question. What do you think are the most pressing needs for the healthcare system in Ukraine at the current time? The most pressing need for healthcare in Ukraine, as for the other spheres in Ukraine, is the war to, to end. And that means that we need to win this war because there is no end to this war without winning. Russia doesn't 
seem to be posed to end this war anytime soon. That means that we need military support most to end this war. So as my friend uh, working in, in the sector of culture answered and uh, a journalist about the question what Ukrainian culture needs most, she said Ukrainian culture needs tanks and F-16 jets. So I would say the healthcare has the same needs. Pavlo, thank you so much for joining us on Krenitsia today. Thank you, Michael. It was a pleasure. I have been speaking with Pavlo Kovtanyuk, who's co-founder of an organization called the Ukrainian Healthcare Center. And it's actually a think tank based in Kiev, Ukraine. And it offers services, consultancy, analytics, and educational services about the Ukrainian healthcare system. This episode of Kreditsia has been produced for The Ukrainian Weekly, a newspaper published in the U.S. in English for the global Ukrainian community since 1933. I am Mike Burek, your host and producer of Kreditsia. Until next time, that's all for now. <laughs>